0: Learn how to build a better sign and print shop from a few crusty sign guys who've made more mistakes than they care to admit. Conversations and advice on pricing, sales, marketing, workflow, growth, and more. You're listening to the Better Sign Shop Podcast with your hosts, Peter Kourounis, Michael Riley, and Bryant Gillespie.
1: Before we jump into the episode, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor GCI Digital Imaging, grand format printer to the trade. We talk a lot about outsourcing on the podcast and the importance of having good partners and GCI Digital Imaging is a good partner to have. Owner TJ Bedact and his team focus on providing killer customer service just the way grandmother used to make it. If you're interested in learning their approach to business. Hop back into the archives to episode nine, where the guys and I interview TJ about customer experience. So if you're looking for a high quality trade printer for banners, wraps, and other printed graphics that your customers throw at you, check out GCI Digital Imaging at printgci.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the next edition of the Better Sign Shop Podcast. Apparently, we need an IT guy. So if you're out there, you are IT, you know how to work audio and technological equipment, please hit us up because we are struggling to get it together here. But as always, I am joined by my friends and co-hosts, Peter, the Sign Shop Yoda, Karunas. Sup y'all? How are you, Pete? And hey, Peter. Having, Mr. Magic having Mike, music? the Corel King. All right, is that what we're settling on? Is that is that cool for you? Are you good with it?
0: It's 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 better than the sign Chimichanga. So yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. We're gonna roll with the Corel King, Magic Mike.
1: <laughs> I I agree. I agree. It, it is uh-huh. better than the sign Chimichanga. If it was my nickname, I would want it to be Magic Mike. The Coral King.
0: It's a pretty badass nickname, really. I mean, like, I feel like some street cred with it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you one of those stand-up, like, poles that you, like, (laughs) tension melt between the the floor and the ceiling. Maybe maybe we get you on one of those fail videos where you spin around and just fall and, like, take out your whole bookcase or something. uh,
0: You know, if you send me a stripper pole, I will, I'll be on it. Let's
1: do it. Oh, goodness. It feels like it's been a couple of weeks since we've all been together. Uh, We don't have a ton of time to catch up here because we've experienced technical difficulties. But anything important you guys wanted to share before we jump right into our guest for this week? Who is our guest this week? Glad you asked. Our guest this week is Brad Rapone. He is the owner of Trade Wraps. It's a wrap shop in Virginia. And uh, for whatever reason, he's also decided to build his own CRM system and sell it to sign and wrap shops. So curious to grill him about that a little bit as well. I think it'll be a very interesting conversation. Sounds fascinating.
2: I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking it. I, I love a guy that's that has new tech or a new or a new SaaS <laughs> program.
1: That's, that's clearly exactly what we need. Is more tech here. More we tech. Can't even, we can't even figure out three microphones and a headset. <laughs>
0: All right, we, w- uh... Why?
2: Why are we interviewing somebody about tech when we can't figure out our own tech?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Uh, hey, let's let's like, solve. Why it. do
2: I only hear you in my left ear? That, can we solve that first?
0: <laughs> Before
2: if, we get into rap software, can we get into, like, why I can't hear you right?
0: Basic audio settings on your computer.
2: <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's, we need to be better at this. We suck Mike,
1: at this. It, it's because Mike is on Windows. That's that's all it is.
2: Oh, well, I, I, I kind of went over to the dark side two years ago, and I never looked back.
1: 100%. Windows? 100%
2: i was a pc user my entire life and then when corel draw decided to introduce the mac version i was like i'm jumping shit i'm out that was the only thing holding me to a pc was corel draw just i just never needed to ever use a mac and then they introduced corel for mac and i was like that's
1: See you. I'm out. Mike hates the Corel Mac version, though. He said it wasn't
2: oh, yeah. as good. I, I think, too. It's not nearly as good as the PC version, but it get, you You can get by it. You can get by yeah. The PC version is far better.
0: Yeah. I, I tried to make the switch to a Mac a couple of years ago, and for the same thing. Like, cool. Corel on a PC is available, now, or for Mac is available now, I'm going to switch. And it was, like, the biggest nightmare of my life. I think I'm the first person in Best Buy's history to ever, like, return a MacBook Pro. <laughs> they looked at me like... <laughs> We don't know how to do this. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, get a Dell, (laughs) man.
2: You know, when there was this one time, there was this one time you mentioned Best Buy. So I used to work for Best Buy like way back in the day, and I was using Corel Draw, and I was selling. I was in the PC department, and I was selling uh, computers, like compact computers. That's how long ago this was. Oh yeah, nice. I was selling compact computers, right? And you know, like there was like the Mac and the app, and I was like, when is Corel Draw ever going to come out for the Mac? And they was like, never, never. This will never happen. I mean, it was like there's This guy, uh, what's his face? Uh, Joe Diaz from Diaz Sign Art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a, He's like a big. Uh, he was like a big mentor to me in, in the design world. And he tells me, I, I saw him in Atlantic City one day, and he's like, "It'll never be on Mac. Don't ever have to worry about it. It'll be a, it's a native <laughs> PC app." And I'm like, "All right, well." So I'm telling I'm telling myself that maybe I should just buy a Mac and like remote desktop into my pc and then i get the best of both worlds or and then somebody introduced me to parallels and i'm like hmm i could run windows and mac on a macbook on uh, um, windows and you know what whatever the name of the operating system was on a mac and i'm like that's awesome that's my winning ticket that though led to me saying let me try it let me make this two thousand dollar investment and i ended up returning a mac pc myself a week later, or oh, a Mac—excuse me—a Mac, a Mac computer. Uh, at that time, it was the—the uh, the, I don't know. It looked like almost like a little pancake. It was like a piece. It was like—I forget what it was called, MacBook or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but I returned it. So there you have it. You and you are not the only one to ever return a Mac to to Best Buy for Corel
0: Draw reasons. I feel a little better than that. Corel wasn't the only reason, but. <laughs> Uh, it was my only reason. Oh man, I hated it. it. Was it was just awful. All
1: right, let's uh off the soapbox. I, that was cool that you worked at Best Buy. I had a buddy that worked at Best Buy. We got the sweet discount on like the TVs and stuff. And you,
2: man, I worked at Radio Shack, Circuit City, and Best Buy. That's uh, the, that's the I, back and, story. and we still
1: can't we still can't figure out the, the headsets, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring on the guests. You know? We're back with our guest, Brad Rapone, the owner of Trade Wraps and Torque CRM, the hottest new CRM for the sign and rap market. Brad, happy to have you on, man. Thanks for joining us.
3: Well, thank you for having me, gentlemen. I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, so for everybody listening out there who may not be familiar, why don't you give us some of your backstory?
3: So some Backstory on me, you know, obviously my name is Brad Rapone. Uh, I've been in the sign business before. Uh, I've had a sign shop, failed miserably, started trade wraps. So that's where I am right at the moment. So we have a you know 13-year vehicle wrap company doing commercial wraps and thriving there, looking to expand even more. Through that venture, you know, obviously I have created a software called Torque CRM. And now we're promoting out to the sign and wrap world. Okay, episode. so let's start
2: at let's start at the
3: very beginning. There is a lot to
2: unpack. Okay, <laughs> uh, with 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 being as transparent as you can, tell us about your first experience in the sign business and why you got into the business and what led to. You said it failed, so what led to those failures? What were what the failures and what led to them?
3: So you know, like like anybody who's probably been in the sign world, or you know, ninety percent of us actually come from. A trade, right? So we all like worked in the sign business and then started a sign shop. There's a small percentage out there that just go in and buy a sign shop. But I was one of those people that um, I'm a designer by trade. So, like, my first design job was designing tombstones, oh, uh, which I absolutely right. loved. And they were using Omega Composer and a plotter to uh, do the tombstones, do the sandblasting for the tombstones.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I wanted to. I guess show people more of uh, my portfolio to be more commercial rather than be like, Hey, let's go down yeah. to the cemetery and check out my portfolio. You know, that's always a good one, right?
1: <laughs> it's a tough sell to be
0: honest. Like,
3: Yeah. Right. So I jumped into the sign world because the sign world at the time was using, you know, Omega composer or something similar to it and uh, plotters, which I was familiar with. So I wanted to do more commercial design work. So I got into a couple sign shops, bounced around a little bit, learned lots, uh, ended up managing a couple sign shops and then just felt like I peaked and I always wanted more. I'm very ambitious. So I started my own sign shop. And the problem with that is, is that we all start a business because we're good at doing the art of it, right? Doing the work. But what I was terrible at and what I didn't know that I know now is I was terrible at business. <laughs> I was terrible at everything else besides like actually uh, doing the signs and managing a small sign shop, which I w- at the time even saying managing a sign shop. Looking back at that, I even wasn't even a good leader. Like I wasn't a good manager. I wasn't a good leader. So what ultimately, the, that's what
1: was the name of your first sign shop?
3: Uh, God, it hurts to even say it. Honestly, it was called Impact Signs. So it was Impact terrible. Signs. Yep, signs that make fun. an impact. <laughs> Some something,
1: something like that. It
2: creating is, solutions uh, that hit I, hard. I,
1: honestly i've heard worse at least it wasn't i've heard brad Brad signs
2: like honestly that's what i was expecting i was expecting like bald head signs or brad Brad signs
1: and tombstones yeah
3: yeah exactly no there was plenty of those around here there was like a lot of people with names and then signs and i didn't want that so i tried to make like an actual like company but i didn't know anything about it so Right. I was terrible at it. And I, fa- I did it for two years, struggled massively, and like a, I failed miserably. Like and um, it was definitely a blow to the ego.
1: More details, um, more details. Like what, what, what uh, two years into it? Like, what was the, the point where you're like, this is not working at all? Like, well, I think after like
3: my first year um, of struggling so bad, I was kind of conflicted with, should I give up now? Or should I keep pressing and strive for success? Like, and I kept just like pushing and pushing because I just, I was determined not to give up because I feel like if I gave up, especially at that time, like, you know, in my younger years there, you know, I was heavily into martial arts. So everything I did was, I was very headstrong. I was very confident what I did. If I took on something, I finished it to the end. And this was just one of those things that I was, I was losing. You know, I wasn't making good enough sales. I wasn't being profitable. I didn't understand business itself. Um, Anytime I tried to get help with it, it just went down a backwards way. So
1: um, details on that was pretty much at the time.
3: I did have some at the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything crazy. Like I'd have like a guy working in the back with me, maybe a designer at the time. I've tried to hire salespeople, always failed miserably on that sense. So I wasn't a good manager. Um, I wasn't a good leader. I wasn't good at business. Actually looking back at it, I wasn't even good at selling signs apparently. So, so it was just a, and at that time in my area, so I'm up in near the DC area. So there was at that time, there was just a lot of sign shops popping up too. So it was like back in the the franchise days. There was a lot of franchises that popped up. And so there was a lot of those things happening. So there was a lot of options for people and it was a race to the bottom. And I was one of those people.
1: All right. So So, like, let's put a date on it. I I hate to like date ourselves here, but like,
3: let's see nine, eight, seven. So this is like 2007. Okay. Right. Around that time,
1: right before the uh, housing crash.
3: Yeah. And that, that played a part in it too, but obviously I'm not one of those guys at this point who use those types of things as excuses, but there was a lot going on at that time. A lot of people were pulling back in business. So like trying to sell to businesses, we got to be very difficult. Um, and obviously the people who were in the game longer, who had a better customer base and I have weathered the storm before definitely knew how to navigate those waters that I didn't as like a little jet ski in a big ocean. So so after that, after that massive failure, I bounced around doing uh, vehicle wrap installations for a while, and eventually started trade wraps. And this was like my second, my second chance at doing it right. And the reason why I did that was because everybody in around here all did signs, but they all had like a specialty. So like everybody did everything, but like this guy did channel letters, and like this guy did banners. But nobody was doing raps. They all said they did raps. Nobody was doing raps. And again, I'm one of those people that's hard headed. So if it's hard, I feel like I should do it because nobody else is doing it. So I started down the rap game and with my design background, I wanted to be, you know, the, sh- the shop that did the better designs, the better material and the better installs. So and we focused heavily on commercial
0: vehicle wraps.
1: Nice. Go for it, Mike. I, you're
0: deep in thought <laughs> what well, after after failing like that in the sign business, I think we all kind of consider the sign and the rap business kind of one of the same thing. what what made you want to get back on the horse and try again? you know, essentially in the same same business, same industry. you know what was, it was it like hard. to prove to prove yourself that you could do it? Yeah,
3: um, yes, uh, it was. Yeah. You know, before I felt like I peaked and I just jumped in, I didn't know anything. And obviously it's kind of like, uh, your, your education, right? People go to college to learn stuff. That was pretty much my college right there, like massive e- failure. And I learned a lot from that failure, which as long as we're learning from it, it's technically not a failure at the time. It definitely felt like a fa- failure, like it huge blow to my ego. Like, I looking back at it, you know, nowadays, like talking about anxiety, depression and stuff is pretty normal back then. I was probably massively depressed Through all that stuff, you know, feeling like a failure for everything that we did. So, getting back on the horse, it was definitely more of a I can do this and I want to do it differently. Right. I want to build an actual business, not just, I guess, the place to get something done or to to try to just be creative. Like, I want to build like an actual business. And it was something more specialty. It was a little bit harder to sell at the time because around here, there weren't a lot of people getting like vehicle wraps done. There were a few. So it was definitely a more of a challenge to go that way. And it, yeah, I did have that chip on my shoulder to get it done. That's it's still what drives me today. Honestly, it's like, I, I still look at that as it's still something that's there that I do not want to go back to. And I can't let that go. Honestly.
1: So what did you do differently? Like the second time around, like, was it like from the start? Like, Hey, I'm going to like totally go 180 of where I was previously or like like what was the like hey i'm gonna give this another shot like what were the next steps that you took to actually like hey i'm gonna build a business this time like i'm gonna do this differently
3: so that's 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 a great great thing to ask so the way i kind of the way the way it kind of shaped up was so when i first did my first business right i went out i did the right thing got the loans lots of loans got the printers got, got got everything right to just do a whole like shop startup this time around I was going to start leveraging other people's printers and buy the material from them and kind of start off slowed. Cause I honestly, I still didn't even really believe in myself at that moment. Right. Um, It was more of like, Hey, I had people asking for wraps to be done, you know, cause they would see me doing it at other people's bays and then they would be showing it off to their friends and then their friends have businesses and they're like, well, Hey, why does this one look so good? And why don't mine look that way? And I'm like, well, because I'm doing it, you know? So it kind of just became like, still, I was in between a bunch of stuff. So it kind of just became, Hey, well, I'm going to go get the prints made and then I'm going to install them at your bay. And so that's kind of the soft space. So I didn't have to have any loans. I could install it really quick, um, with quality. I could do the design myself, put the graphics on and then get paid right after it's done. So it was a way for me to kind of generate cash and start paying off some of my debts that I occurred in that process I ended up meeting somebody who it was an HVAC business owner, and we ended up partnering on this and it was really start off just to wrap his vehicles. Cause he had so many to get done. And so he kind of wanted to have his own in-house crew there. Oh, wow. And so it was a way for me also to offset that risk and depend on his uh, business knowledge. And during our course of doing this, you know, Just because you own one business doesn't mean that you can run another business. So I learned a ton from him, but running a vehicle wrap shop or a sign shop like an HVAC shop just doesn't work. (laughs) So we had to restructure on some things and I took over learning more about leadership, learning more about business and those types of things. And it wasn't until probably like five years in that I actually did that. Like 5 years in it was like the goal for me was to be like I just want to get to a million dollar shop, right? If I got to a million dollar shop I would feel successful, especially after failing miserably, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, pretty so common being
3: a million dollar shop I for would feel successful
1: I think in the industry. Well, like hey, what was I, that? if I I said I think it's a pretty common thread for most people in the industry, especially like the smaller shops like hey, if I hit a million dollars in sales like everything's it'll be gravy, like everything'll be fine.
3: Yeah. Oh, and let me touch on that too, because this this was, this was huge for me. So I had that same mentality, right? If I hit a million dollars in revenue, I will be successful. And so what I ended up doing is ended up putting everything on my back and pushing and pushing and pushing. Yes, I was hiring people. Yes, I was training people. I still at this point was probably not a good leader. Oh, I definitely was not a good leader. I was definitely way better at selling than I was before. And I had a great customer base. So I ended up just putting everything on my back and pushing and pushing and pushing to get to that million dollar mark. And I hit it. And when I hit it, I'm like, I feel like I'm standing there. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I'm looking at everything and absolutely nothing is different. Nothing. And I felt failure creeping in again because I felt like in my head, if I hit that number, things are going to be different. And it wasn't, it wasn't different at all. And I'm looking at like the employees that I have had at the time. I'm just like, these people hate me and I hate them. Like, what am I actually building here? What am I actually doing? And I said, well, maybe if I try to get 2 million, maybe things will be different then. And then I thought about how much more work that would be and how exhausting that's going to be. And that's when I realized that I had to actually change my approach to everything and start learning more about business and leadership, training, training and bringing the right people on to help me actually move this business forward. Cause it can't all be me. It can't all run through me. It's got to run through other people to actually be scalable. So I spent a lot of time doing that. And since then I've definitely created some massive processes and training in my business that has definitely helped scale massively. So everything's going good now.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> a, uh... I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. Like you see very self-aware now, which is a hundred percent, a good thing. Uh, like at that moment of like, Hey, this is, I hit that $1 million mark and it just didn't feel great. Like what were, what were the next like steps that you took after you realized like, Hey, I've got to make a big change here. Like what was like the first one or two steps?
3: So I remember sitting in this office where we're at. And so I recently had a daughter at that time. And, you know, I'm still working super late. I'm busting my ass, working weekends, working nights. And I'm sitting in here and I'm just like, my daughter's never going to know who the hell I am. Right. And so that was one of the pivotal chains I needed because I needed to actually duplicate myself. So I started just like thinking like, look, I just need to learn more. I mean, I, I, I don't consider myself like book smart, but I can learn anything. Right? So I just started like googling like business classes or seminars or something just to like just get me something. Um, I ended up going down, ended up signing up for Tony Robbins business Mastery. I went down that path, learned a ton, ended up hiring coaches to help me. business coaches in general, I ended up hiring specialty coaches in certain areas that I needed more more specialized help with, like, hired a fantastic hiring coach, which definitely helped my game on hiring people. Highly recommend that because that is a skill, definitely a skill that everybody needs to know because it is a skill. So just massive personal development. And the biggest pill that I had to swallow that most people do in this case is that, especially when it comes to like your team and stuff, how many times do you guys hear everybody say like, oh, good help's hard to find.
1: Yeah, can't find them. Everybody in the sign industry. Says I, need, I need
3: people, <laughs> can't find them. And if I, if I bring them on and I train them, they just leave, right? The biggest pill you have to swallow is that the reason why you're having trouble attracting the right people, keeping the right people is because of you. It's leadership. It's not, it's not the hiring. It's not the employee market or the pool. It's you. And that was the biggest pill I had to swallow is because I had to go through some massive personal development on my end, as far as learning my personal growth on who I am, and how I can treat others better
1: mm. and
3: be a leader for them to give them all the tools necessary to be the best version of themselves for me.
1: You guys are nodding your heads. Pete, a way for you to like jump in and where are you I'm, at? I'm taking so many notes, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. taking so
2: many notes. Uh, no, that, no, in all honesty, um, being a business consultant, being a franchise consultant, and a sign shop consultant, there's a lot there's a lot there that resonates with me on multiple levels. So the first is is that you wrote you said something, you know, just because you open up one business doesn't mean you should open up another. And that one and that one kind of
3: I'm not gonna give you too much pushback, but I do want do want you to know I disagree with that. Okay. and uh, Let me clarify. It's not to open another, you can't open another, right? It's just that just because you're successful in one industry doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be successful in another industry. If you're applying the same principles as that one, if you can apply business principles, that's a different story. Okay,
2: that I will agree with. Then thank you for clarifying that. Because, you know, look, you first of all tremendous kudos to you for being open and honest you must be real comfortable with your past in order to talk about this in in a public setting so kudos to you for sharing that story hopefully there are some uh sign shop in fact i actually know some of them i actually know a lot of sign shop owners that have very little business sense okay and a lot it's 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 not something to laugh at. Don't laugh.
1: I, I'm not. Don't laugh i am not i just, I'm it's not just something laughing. to laugh at because no. I, I, you'd, no, be I, I, you'd be
2: surprised. You'd be surprised. Hold though. on a second. You'd be surprised with how many people get into this. We, we talked about it before on another podcast or two, like the e-myth method. How many mm-hmm. people think that they can get into business because they think they could do it better than their boss. Like that's not, that is not a reason to get into business. So I, I kudos to you, Brad, for, for mentioning that, for bringing that up because you're a victim of what most people try to do you know and and the fact is is that you have the wherewithal to actually acknowledge it learn from it is the key to it and then that's what's leading you into this next uh, venture of yours which i'm really excited to hear about by the way but nonetheless you have st- first of all your journey to getting into trade wraps so i have a quick question there how did you get that name
3: uh well it came because um my partner at the time gave it that name um, and that was because we were doing, he was in the HVAC realm. Yeah. All right. So, he's in so the, the idea, the idea was to go after the trades, right? Okay. And that's, we've done that very strongly and it's been, it's been good. So we're you're great relationships. So
2: you're, yeah, you go from impact signs, which, but you know, listen, it's a good name. It's not the worst name <laughs> I've ever heard. And you go to trade wraps, which is very niche. You're talking about one service. Yes for one type of industry now i'm not saying uh the trades is not one industry the trades is multiple industries but it's a vertical that is blue-collar trades you know it's it's uh, electricians plumbers hvac painters pretty drain cleaning right those are those are some significant trades there so you you i've actually was talking about this with someone with one of my consultant clients. The other day, I was actually pointing them in this direction, uh, basically saying like, "Hey, this is a great opportunity for you to get additional revenue. You want to go after these markets? Because guess what? And I and I, this is exactly what I told him. So I'm going to hope for your uh, opinion on this statement here. Definitely. I said I said to him this week. I said, Damien, you can find clients." where your business thrives when they, when their business expands. Yes. It's a, it's a very interesting vertical because you said that you're, you started this with your partner who said, oh, I just want an in-house rap company. Like they need to expand their fleet to grow mm-hmm. their business. And every time they expand their fleet, it's more revenue for you. So tremendous Tremendous kudos for getting into that business. I'm familiar with a couple of companies that are in this space that do it in a more national scale. Do you do national work or are you focused more on like regional mom and pop
3: kind of companies? Well, our main focus is definitely our local market. I like to dominate where I can. Local domination is what we call it. And we do work nationwide. And you do work nationwide. Do you yeah. do you ta-
2: do you tap into like a nationwide installer network to do your? Yeah, we've, cr- we've
3: created our, ne- our we've created our own over the years. Um, just meeting people and reaching out to them and figuring out which ones are the best ones. Trust me, just because they have certifications doesn't mean that they're the best. But we're looking for the honest right. people. So there could potentially be
2: companies, sign shops that don't really get into the rap game too much, but might have an opportunity here for you to design, print, and then also get it uh, installed and sourced locally in their market yeah. for, at, a, at a at a trade rate. I'm assuming that you would do some sort of wholesale work as well. Is that correct? Yeah, we can do some of that.
3: Yeah. All right.
2: So there's a lot of sign shop owners out there that would love to tap into that kind of market. Uh, so where can they find out about Trade Wraps?
3: Oh, you can find us online at TradeWraps.com. That's for sure. We try to be everywhere as much as possible, but, um, you know, going back to your comment about expanding with a company, um, I always like to say like the riches are in the niches, right? So specializing your shop, it doesn't have to be wraps. It doesn't even have to be like, um, even the type of customer that I'm chasing after. You could look at your shop right now and, you could just say like, look, if I'm offering a vast array of services, how can I narrow that field so that I can be more specialized in this that way that I can turn it out faster and be the expert in that field? Like there's a guy around here like he's just he's the banner guy and that man just has banners material on his printers at all times. He buys massive rolls of banner so he gets it at a good at a good rate. And he's just cranking out banners all day, every day. Now, he'll do anything else for you, but he's known as the banner guy. And like for me, if you ask me to make you a sign, we're going to say, sorry, we don't do that. Yeah,
2: the ability to say no. uh, I think that's tremendous. We've talked about that a lot of times. Even going back to that that podcast episode that we did with Maggie that amazing way that she told no to her clients when (laughs) uh, I was like still fascinated by that. That's still in the back of my head, but you know, that's great that you're a niche shop. Um, I think that you took a, well, you took a risk. Naturally, you took a risk getting into business. That's a risk naturally, but you took a, you took a risk getting into a business with a partner that you may not know that well. And you, built a relationship with this individual and you grew a niche shop and now how many vans do you typically wrap a week
3: in-house probably probably like 15 to 20 wow that is a that is a lot that's tremendous
2: that's great so how how large of a team do you have now
3: uh we have four installers four full-time installers and we got two in training right now Do you do your training internally or do you outsource your training? 100% internal. Excellent.
2: Wow. That's awesome. I love that. I I love that what you've built here is very rare in the industry, but I wish more and more people would do.
3: Well, like you mentioned the E-Myth, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a fantastic book. If anyone has not read it, stop whatever the hell you're doing and just read that book. I swear to God, like I remember reading that and I thought the guy was over my shoulder, like looking at me. and. What I take away from that book in itself, which was a massive start to everything else that I was doing as well, is the fact that we're we're artists out here trying to use our craft to make money. And until we learn how to duplicate ourselves, we really don't become a business. You guys have probably heard of Robert Kiyosaki's Flow Quadrant, right?
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I've heard of dude we're dumb
2: we don't we don't know what that is yeah yeah speak English (laughs) okay
3: Robert Robert Kiyosaki is another author out there that has he's the rich dad poor dad book. yes I was gonna say he's also got a book called yeah he's also got a book called the cash flow quadrant right and the premise of the cash flow quadrant is you got a quadrant right and the the top square is employee who swaps their time for money and the employee always trying to get to self-employed and the self-employed is still swapping their time for money because they always, they have all the risk, but they're the ones actually in the business still working every day. So if they get sick or they get injured, they're not making income that day because they're not leveraging people. The self-employed need to be going to the business owner quadrant, which is where the business owner is someone who leverages people for money, not their time. And then the business owner is trying to get to uh, the investor quadrant, which is leveraging your money for money. And so, so many people probably even listening to this are still stuck in that self-employment quadrant. And it's hard to get out of that quadrant. But the only way to do that is to create systems and processes for yourself. And that's what like the E-Myth talks about is Agreed. creating the systems and processes to duplicate yourself. And to streamline your business. I always compare everything that I do now to like, I mean, look at Chick-fil-A, right? They do chicken. You want it a, on a bun. You want it in strips. You want it in nuggets. You want it fried or grilled. That's it. It's your options. Specialized chicken. We could even argue whether it's even the best chicken sandwich. Doesn't matter. It's how they make other people feel and they streamline their process. It doesn't matter if that they got a three rings around the building for a drive through. They're still slinging chicken out the door.
1: Local Chick Fil A is extremely busy at all times. Yeah, story resonates with me. I get so frustrated when the kids want Chick Fil A. It's right by the interstate, so it's like twenty minutes. I mean, it's very fast. Like compared to like if you go to like the another drive-through, Chick Fil A runs a lot faster, but the line's always longer. So I I feel you there.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, they they just they made a niche, right? They said we're doing chicken sandwiches. And chicken stuff. And they systematize it so well that, yes, they have like a franchise. You should always be building your business as if you were going to sell it. So why not build it like a franchise model to where it's that, I don't want to say that dumb, but it's that easy. right? I love this guy. I
2: love this guy. I
3: think this guy is tremendous. He's speaking my language. He's speaking my love
2: language.
1: I I want to ask you a question, Brad, that I think like Peter and I have asked this many times to like other owners that we've talked to. And even on like some of our group coaching calls, like I, on like the trade wrap side, why would a plumber do business with you versus I, I'm sure there's plenty of competitors inside oh. your market now? Like,
3: I, You know, why- I love that question. I get that a lot. Um, and also when it comes to sales, I get that a lot too because people actually ask that question. So like anyone, we all have competition. I don't care if it's the cheapest guy in town, the most expensive guy in town. I be completely honest. I am not the cheapest guy in town, nor do I ever want to be right. Price is only a factor in the absence of value. So that's what we strive for. So if you're going to use me as a as plumber to use me over somebody else would be that I understand your business. I understand that every hour that that vehicle is off the road, you're losing money. So I have a streamlined process to get your design done, to get your prints made, get your vehicle here in and out as quickly as possible to get it on the road, making money for you so that I'm not just another one of your headaches. I want you to focus on your business and grow your business. How was okay, that, Pete? So, no, I'm going <laughs> <I'm gonna, laughs> to ask you a, an even tougher
2: question now, okay? They're never tough. Hit me. A couple of weeks back, we had a special guest. On this on this show, who is also in your line of work, okay, Mister Dan Antonelli from Kick Charge. Oh yes,
3: yeah, I've worked with him a couple times. Yeah, okay.
2: So um, let's let me ask this question as in only the only way I know how. Why would I pick you over him?
3: Oh, plain and simple. I'm not a design firm. Oh. Well then, I'm not giving you my business, right? I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a rap company that does raps. Dan is a design firm. Love it, love the answer. So you right. have? Do you have any designers on your team? Yeah, no, we definitely do. We're able to. So this is the big difference between like what he does and what we do, right? So Dan does very very well at shaping. We we exchange all the time. We're at the same trade shows and everything. So he does has done a very good job at creating branding. Right, And that's what he does. If you want branding, that's going to be your guy. But not everybody wants branding. So if you'd want us to do vehicle wrap design for you, not branding, vehicle wrap design for you, we can help you in that dynamic. But either way, you can even bring your own design to us. After you get the design done from him, we're here to print and install for you nationwide. Okay, fair enough.
2: Yes, you're right. Not everybody needs branding, especially From a franchise perspective, like you mentioned earlier, they already have it established, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, people should have good branding. Don't Mm. get me wrong, but not everybody wants to go through that process. And I'm not, and again, and I'll, and and to that, I'll tell you why. Because when I first started out with trade wraps, I was actually similar to Dan, where I was, I was probably a little bit more snooty. I was like, you know, if, because I'm a designer first, right? right. So it's like, well, if I don't if I don't do the design, I'm not gonna do your rap because I can't have you driving around with a shitty design, you know. And back then, like the designs that people loved in the HVAC world were like the fire, the ice, and throwing a lion too, why not, right? So or a bald eagle or some shit like that, right? So it was like these atrocious designs, right? And I would just be like, I'm not doing that for you because I didn't design it and I didn't put my spin on it and that kind of stuff. Right. And I remember there was a day that it was a morning. I was sitting at a stoplight here and I was struggling that week. I was in survival mode. And I recently, a couple about a couple of weeks before that, I turned away a guy who wanted fire ice and some other shit in there. Right. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing it. And I see four van wraps go through the intersection of, of, of that company. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Mm. And I had to ma- I made a decision at that point like am I in the design business or am I in the wrap business? Because I could have done those wraps and gotten paid today. So, I just let people know how I feel. Like I'd be like, "Look man, this is a great design or this isn't a great design. It's up to you to let us change it for you because we have some customers that are with us that are massive companies. They've done massive metalworks gotten hundreds of vehicles from us. And I, in my opinion, their design is definitely not the best design, but they still grow and they still buy vehicle wraps from us. So am I going to turn them away? No, because I'm in the wrap business. So that's the big difference between us. I see. And and you want to know something? That last statement is pretty much, it it
2: spells why you're, why you have been successful in this next venture here, because once you realize, and, and trust me, I, oh, I was right there with you. I didn't want to do a wrap if I, if I didn't design it, I think any, there are a lot of us out there. I think even maybe the majority of us don't want to do a wrap if we don't design it. Okay. I mean, because again, who wants to put that? The people are seeing that come out of your shop. You're putting that on your portfolio page. People, You're putting that on your social media. Do you really want to show off like text everywhere? And you know, like let's put your email address on the wrap. Like, no, like, just, just no, just no, leave it alone. Like I, yeah. I, I've been there. I know exactly what you're saying. And to tell you the truth, I think the industry that you chose to be in the trades is what led you down that decision because you're right. That HVAC company, hey, guess what? They're only focused on one thing too, and that's growing their business. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more people, and I actually know this more than most people, but I, there's more and more people looking for HVAC work and looking for plumbing work. And if they grow another vehicle or two a year, who gives a crap what their app looks like? That's business, that's money in your pocket. Yeah. You know, I don't like the way that Neighborly announces their wrap on, you know, whatever brand that they're putting out these days or whatever brand like one hour heating and cooling or benjamin franklin i think benjamin franklin's got one of the ugliest wraps out there right hey,
3: I, but I agree who the that.
2: hell who the hell cares when they have 500 locations and each location yeah. having four or five trucks who the hell cares that's business so for my that
3: is, my printer's print blue <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right they serve they sure do they sure do all right so trade wraps.com. that's how our viewer that's how our viewers our viewers and listeners can t- can get in touch with you here check yes. it out if you're ever in need of, of any type of wholesale printing and wrap and install go see brad over at trade wraps.com. now let's get over that and let's get on to this new thing here and i'm so eager to hear all about it now that we've heard a lot of your journey Tell us how and why you got into developing this unique tool and software for yourself.
3: Well, you know, like I'm always trying to be the best at what I do, right? And whenever there's a problem in my business, and I'm sure other people can relate to this, but whenever there's a problem here, I can always drive it back to communication. Right? There's some form of communication was not done properly or we didn't communicate properly, customer didn't communicate properly, and that's why we have a problem. So I've grown my business up until this point, been what I feel like is successful enough, but it's it's not enough, like it needs to go more. But communication still is always a thing. And I've never had a CRM before. I've had a, I've had a software forever. I have like the old school Sirius to do all my production work. And thank God we're moving on from that. But I have, I have the old school series for all my production work, but I've never had an actual CRM. So like, if I,
1: what's wrong with the old know, school if, uh, series,
3: what's wrong with the old school series?
1: <laughs> I mean, I just,
3: we, how long I, ago has it been since 1995? How many years is
1: that? Almost
3: 30. Like that's, that's the technology is 1995. It looks like windows 95, man. It's, it doesn't, doesn't integrate with anything. today. <laughs> So anyway, sorry, Sears. Um, <laughs> still like, so I've never, okay. I've never had an actual CRM. Just pile CRM on that, the
2: lawsuits, man. Just <laughs> yeah, pile on the defamation lawsuits. Here.
3: I've never had an actual CRM that would actually like be able to quantify doing sales and communicating with my customers. Like I've looked at things like podiums so that I could like text back and oh, forth yeah. with my customers and. I think Podium wanted to charge me like 600 bucks a month or something to do that. And so much more per user. And that's only for like texting and reputation management, which isn't a bad option, but it's just another software that we have to log into. And I just got tired of adding all these additional software. So what we've done is um, I started working on a CRM for myself and creating that for trade reps. Because when I look at other CRMs that are out there, they're geared towards like tint shops. They're geared towards like car manufacturers and they kind of do some of this, but they don't do this. And then they kind of do this, but then they want to charge you a hundred dollars per user over here and just racks up a high bill real quick. So started going down that journey. Um, I found somebody else. His name is Brett. Not he's out in Florida. Um, he's in the rap and tint game as well. And he was doing the same thing for his shop. We were comparing notes and, um, Started kind of working together on some stuff there. And then through the people that I coach, because I do my own business consulting, business coaching uh, for people in our industry. Um, they were asking me, like, what CRM are you using? And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of making my own. And they were like, hey, can we buy this? And so we ended up making it into a business. And we're calling it Torque CRM, which is T-O-R-Q, Torque CRM. And so what this does is it brings in all your two-way texting, your recorded phone calls, your emails, any of your social media conversations, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, and even a web chat, a live web chat, all into one inbox. And then on top of that, it helps you know manage your pipeline, automates everything else that you're doing, um, helping you make sales that way through the pipelines and the automations there. And it replaces about $2,000 worth the subscriptions because it even has built-in things like uh, email campaigns, social media planners, blog posting, <laughs> tons of stuff here, man. Uh, you can make your own websites in it, uh, web chat features, and more, really. like We're integrating all the AI stuff in there as well. It's fantastic. It's been a f- fantastic tool for my business, and the people that are using it right now are having so much fun using it.
1: So it like getting into software is like a different jump. It's, it's like a completely different industry. And like, I've, oh, I've, I've been there. like, did you have any like apprehension about this or was it just like, Hey, like the people that I'm working with or coaching are like, Hey, they need this. Was- well, exactly that.
3: So yes, I had apprehension with it. Like anything, right? Like I have, I do, so I do coaching. I have real estate and I have this, so I have my hands full already. So to open up another business was like, do I even have time for this? This is what I want to do. Numbers look good. But the main thing is I get to help people. Like that's why I do coaching in the first place is because I get to help people. Cause I want to be the guy I wish was there for me. So the driving force for this was to put this out there for it's easy accessible for anyone else who's starting their business and can actually control their communication with their customer. And actually have them help them do sales. Like, why not increase your sales game, and make more money?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would argue. Yeah, that like, I I agree with you that ninety nine percent of shops that I talk to, like the communication, even just like after they've taken an order, is not not great. Like after the sale, it, it is a good place to mm-hmm. like fix your communication. But but even prior to the sale, like how many shops out there? aren't getting back to leads within like 24 hours, let alone just a couple of hours. Oh, yeah.
3: So I've I built in automations to actually do that. So as like a lead comes in, for instance, any when a lead comes in from any junction, it then it's on a timer, right? And to, if my salespeople don't sell it within this 24-hour period, then it automatically starts following back up with that customer. You know, we have built-in power dialers for you to like go down and call a bunch of people at one time. We have automatic reminders that will go out. And this is all customized to you and your business. That's what I like about it. Because like your business, my business, we're all different. Even a wrap business to a wrap business. We all sell differently. We do things differently. And a lot of these CRMs, you have to buy and then you have to morph your business around what it can do. This one morphs to you. And so it's all completely customizable there. So like we used to have a problem with like having people drop off on time, their vehicle on time. Which really messes with our schedule when we're trying to get people out the door. So now we have automations built in to where if we put you on our install schedule, it sends you confirmation, text, and email. And then it reminds you the day before, text, and email to drop off. There's drop off instructions, there's clicks to the funnels that actually tell you what our drop off policies are, that type of thing. Um, and there's follow ups after that. So in doing that, we've definitely increased our drop off. On but, timeness, I guess. We haven't really had any problems since implementing that.
1: How so, long were you running yeah, this in your own business before you were like, hey, let's spin this out? Or or was that like the intention from day one of like, hey, we're going to spin this nah, out into its own thing? The,
3: the intention from day one was definitely not to spin it out. Um, it was definitely to build it for us, to use it for us. Um, and even now, whatever I do to it, I'm building it for the betterness of, of me, honestly. Everybody else just kind of gets those benefits of whenever I'm trying to do some new feature with AI. Like we have conversational AI coming out soon. This is going to be huge, but building it that way has definitely been, was built for us. And then of course, to give to other people as well.
1: Yeah. I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Of like scratching your own itch. Uh, and I could see why that would be valuable. Like if you've got a working model for a rap shop and it's working well for you, like. chance that it's going to work well for another rap shop in a different location.
3: Yeah, no, it definitely has, you know, everyone, we had all the people that I was coaching. We had come and do a beta test with us for a while and they got massive success with it so far. And I mean, like I said, the the best form about it to me is the communication part. It does so much more. Like it does as much on the marketing side, but the communication, the reputation management is fantastic. So now when somebody says like, for instance, I'd be like, hey, did you call that guy back? Yeah, totally did. And I'd be like, did he really call that guy back? Yeah, totally did. What'd they say? Oh, they said, uh, no thanks. Like, they don't want it. Well, now I can go and listen to the conversation. And I can give them critiques. So I can see, one, if they actually really did call the customer back or if they did text the customer or they did email. Because we can all see the same information going back and forth.
1: Nice. So, right, like, so even even like the out, outbound calls are recorded and tracked inside the system.
3: Yep. So it's definitely helped for training as well. So like, you know, having salespeople on board. And I think for them, even just hearing their own voice and how they talk to customers, they've definitely been upping their game. But also then I'm able to give them pointers back and say, hey, man, like try this this time instead of like talking like this, talk like this, or you gave them the wrong information here. Or you gave them the right information here. So we can definitely do some coaching based off that too.
1: Nice. What, um, how long were you guys in like development for this? I asked for my own purposes. Because oh, I've got like a couple of, of software projects in the works right No CRMs
3: Is it ever out of development?
1: It's, it's never done. but
3: It's never done.
1: <laughs> how long, so long did it take you guys to get to the point where like, hey, this is working well for us. Let, let's take it and launch it for other people.
3: I'd probably say about six hard months. Six hard months. Lots of nights, lots of weekends. Um, even still now, lots of nights and lots of weekends. We rolled it out to our beta team. It definitely was not smooth with our beta team because they were so eager to get it. I kept trying to push it off and they were they were just like, Brad, mm. I want this now. Like I need yeah. to use this now. And I'd be like, Hey, and then you know, of course I'd be telling them like, Hey, look, I just made this, like, it's so cool. I didn't wasn't meaning to tease them with it, but like it was probably coming off as a tease. And so they're like, just, just give it to it, me,
1: just keep it. To yeah. me. So
3: definitely our first couple of people that we onboarded was disastrous, but you know, obviously we learned from that and we move on.
1: But uh, how many people do you have on the platform now?
3: Um, I think we're about up to 30 right now. So wow. we're still just getting started with everything. So we have about 30 users on the platform and obviously we're looking to expand and help everybody else any way we can. We have reviews coming in for it, which is great. We're still working on perfecting even our own website, um, but we just we're getting so much feedback from what the people want, and we want to still keep working on the product itself and keep continuing to grow it, add more features, that type of thing.
1: What does uh, what does your pricing look like, Brett?
3: So we have like three different tier pricings, like most things. So we have like a basic if you just want to use it just for communication. Like if you just want to use the texting and all the forms of communication with the recorder phone calls, you can create your own automations and those types of things. You're looking at 197 a month. And then if you want some of our templates, you know, like if you want to jumpstart and have us come in and install like commercial wrap templates, um, personal wrap templates, or tint stuff. If you guys do tint, like we got templates for that already set up, then you're probably looking at um, 297 a month right there. And then we have our higher package, which is three ninety seven a month, and that's like us coming in and actually building it out all custom for you. And there's a setup fee involved with that one. It's about three thousand dollars. Depends on like how big of a shop you are and how much customization you want. But the big thing here that I love that I wanted to add to this that I actually absolutely hated for other CRMs, we don't have a user limit on there, and we're not charging you for users. So if you have a shop of 10 people right now and they all need to be on this platform, that's what your monthly fee is going to be. It's not going to be, I like you know, that. Oh, it's $200. Yeah. It's, it's not this low, like, Hey, it's $99 a month, but then it's, you know, a hundred dollars a month after that for every user you put on there.
1: Yeah. I like that. All right Just uh, like having been on the other side of that, like paying per user, especially when you've got different roles within a shop, right? You, You, ideally you want everybody on your team to be in the same platform, but Mm -hmm. some of those people are going to use that more than others, but it's still like, I feel like some, some platforms penalize you based on that.
3: Yeah. Like one of the best automations that we made were actually one of the simplest ones. How many of you guys have a missed call? Yeah. Every single day. Right. So if you think about what your average ticket is, right. If you miss a call that's whatever the average ticket is. So for me, like the average vehicle wrap for me is about 4,500 bucks, right? So if I miss a call, that's an easy 4,500 bucks right there that I'm missing out on. And I used to never know if somebody actually even called them back, right? So that could just be a lost sales right there. So what we have is you have an automation built in to where it can tell if that is a new person calling in. And there's a 50, 50 chance that it's like somebody trying to sell you a car warranty. Or, right, right? <laughs> or
1: <laughs> business funding. it's a
3: $4,500 sale, right? Or to whatever your average ticket is. So we have it. So if it misses the call, it texts them back and it starts to engage with them. It's like, hey, thanks for calling trade wraps. Sorry we missed your call. How can we help? And it just starts a texting conversation. And what it also then does is it, for me, it assigns it to a couple salespeople and then they have to return that call just in case it was a landline. They have to re- actually call that person back within 24 hours.
1: Okay. I'm curious that you brought up text messaging, like uh, on the rap side, like trade wraps, like how, how much business do you guys do through text messaging now versus email?
3: You know, I absolutely love it because I, you know, so... I'm big on we sell business to business, right? And so I used to see all these people out there. They're like, yeah, texting back and forth with their customers and stuff. And obviously, that would have to be done on your phone. So I either have to give everybody phones or they're using their personal phones, which you definitely don't want, talking to your customers. And then you have no access to any of that stuff, right? And still makes everything flow through you. So I actually thought that, hey, no, we're business to business. Like they don't want to text, they want to email. That's more professional, right? I got to be honest, ever since we started texting people through this platform, they have been so much more responsive through texting. Like we could just text somebody right now and they're just so quick to get back to us, whether it's an estimate, whether it's taking a payment, whether it's just like, hey, you're dropping it off today, right? Oh, yep, on my way right now. It's been fantastic. The rate of, Business, like actually even like our web chat, right? Yeah. Have you guys ever used a web chat on your website before?
1: Uh, on the Better Sign Shop website?
0: Yes.
3: On any website, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Right. Usually it's like a portal and it's like a whole separate app you have to log into. Oh, and it's like a yeah, portal, yeah. right? And then like once you once you go on to it, they're usually gone, right? And if they're yeah. gone, then you kind of miss out on it. So what this does is it creates a form So the web chat actually draws them into a texting conversation. Gotcha. And so now if they walk down the street or they're in another country, whatever, like we can still have our communication here. So the texting has definitely upped our game big time.
1: Nice. Nice. Mike and I harped on this. How long ago was it, Mike? We did the shop management software episode where we just waxed for like an hour and a half, but like for anybody out there, I, I just want to get your take on it of like the cost of building your own system versus like buying something that's already made. Like it, it talked to me about that side of it. Like I think you're in like shortcut. a unique position because you've actually built it. You started building your own system and th- now you're selling that system. But like, well, you, you and this is maybe the point. hard months and then, but like, for everybody that's out there thinking of like, Hey, we're going to build something ourselves. Like I want to deter them from that because too often it's like they don't, they underestimate the, the effort involved.
3: I'm going to, I melted my brain for six hard months. I'm still melting my brain. I'm like I said, I don't consider myself like book smart, but I can learn anything. But this, that's a whole realm that I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And it was a lot of trial and error with it. That's for sure. I definitely pissed off some of my customers trying stuff out. (laughs) Definitely had some of that go on. But, you know, it's, it's just like how I talk to my plumbing and HVAC customers, right? I got very good at understanding what value is on how to skip time. Like, the big thing for us is we need to condense time. We need to stop thinking about swapping time for money and get those results faster. That's why, like I said, I hired plenty of coaches in my day now. And some of them were very specialized into, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and hire a hiring coach. Right. And he's going to teach me everything I need to know about hiring and just get that done. Right. Instead of going to a general business coach or going to a school, like we're just going to go right there. So I'm at the point now where like, I understand value very heavily. So if I have the opportunity just to buy something already done, that gets me to what I want to get to faster. So I can focus on growing my business. I'm totally down for it. It's just the value has to be there, and if the value is there, I have no problem spending the money.
1: That's a great answer.
3: So, so, for all the the smaller guys, or even some of the larger guys that are still stuck in that box in your head that I have to do it, let go, grow your business,
1: focus on one or two things at a time. Yeah,
3: and six, and like so. One of the features that we put in there was. Um, you guys never used Kajabi before?
1: Mm, I've heard of no, it. I don't, I don't Is it like, I the, like an online learning platform type of deal?
3: Yeah. So at some point in time, you guys are probably paid for a class and you had to show up to this like online class and it was like a video and some text below on how to do whatever, some supporting documents, things like that. It was probably built yeah. out of something like Kajabi. So we put that in here as well. And so like in six months time, like you're talking about like building yourself in six months time, could you, instead of building out a platform for yourself, could you actually take that six months and apply it to building training for your customers or for your your employees to help further your business forward and have onboarding a lot faster? That's where I'd put my effort on.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Cool. Guys, do you, do you Pete, Mike... Do you have any questions on the the signage thing before we wrap this up, or I'm sorry, not the signage thing, but the tort, uh, the
0: CRM thing? I have a question for Brad. It's not really related yeah. to the tort, but so sounds like you started out your career not being much of a business person and kind of hating the business side of things, and making a lot of mistakes there. But it seems like now you're kind of a business geek, and you really, you really seem to enjoy it. Do you? Are you enjoying the business side of the industry more now, or do you miss days where you were just sitting there making cool shit all day long, and not dealing with the business at all?
3: That's a that's an excellent question because if you asked me years ago that question, I probably would say no. I want to go back and do my art, right? I want to wrap a vehicle or design something. You have, if you've started a business, you owe it to yourself or, and it also depends on whatever your vision is, right? If you want to, if you want to be self-employed, you should just go ahead and work for somebody else. Cause otherwise there's too much risk involved being self-employed and you get none of the upside benefits. Like you know. so you might as well just go work for somebody else. So if you're not going to jump to that business quadrant, then don't, but your vision has to be what, you, what you're trying to accomplish. And for where I wanted to go, what I wanted to take and bring up the people that I wanted to bring up, it requires more than just me. And so it was hard for me because I am, I am a very artistic person. So details on art side are great, but like numbers and data and all that kind of stuff is super boring to me. Straight up, honestly, right? <laughs> super boring. But I've had to learn to be that guy to understand what growth is. And so that's not my natural tendencies, but I would say, yes, I do love business more because I understand it more and the more, and it's never something that I'm fully done learning. And the more I learn about it is the more that I can push home how I'm going to actually drive this business forward.
1: There was a, there was another podcast I was listening to. I can't even remember the podcast now, but like just a week ago, that tells you how bad my memory is, or it could be that I've got three little girls that, that put all these gray hairs on my head. But I, I was listening. Like the thing that I took away from the podcast, and this person was like successful in buying like super boring businesses, like plumbers that were trying to retire, and, and just mm-hmm. you know totally away from tech and like anything remotely crazy exciting. Uh, but they they said uh, this this is what really stuck with me was like if you're gonna be in the game, learn to love the game, like just just playing the game uh and it, it like it, it reminded me of kind of like a, of like the michael jordan like uh the the documentary and stuff and i can remember yeah. when i watched that of just like how competitive that guy was with with just everything and yeah you know, i think there's something to that of being able to like get yourself up for whatever it is that you're you're doing like just just being able to keep yourself interested in the game. So even if you don't necessarily enjoy it at first, it like keep yourself in the game, keep playing the game until, you know, you've got that respect or you you've got that fire for it. And it, it like, it, you it have strikes me obsessed. like you're that type of guy of like, Hey, like I hated all this stuff, but like now, like Mike said, you seem like you enjoy it. Uh, at least you enjoy talking about it. Um,
3: Well, of course, and and I watched that documentary as well, and I definitely had big takeaways from it um, that I could apply in business as well. And the key takeaways from that is to become obsessed, right? But one of the key points of that is even in Michael Jordan's situation there, who you are today is not who's going to get you there or where you're trying to go, right? So we need to change who we are to get where we're going. So if you're trying to grow an actual business and you want to be a business owner, you need to be that person now. So like when Michael Jordan was trying to go for that next round of championships, he had to be completely different. There was a They did a whole segment on like, oh, they made a big deal. He's lifting weights now. He's never lifted weights up until that point.
1: <laughs> <Like> <laughs> right.
3: He's lifting weights now. He has to be somebody different to actually achieve them. He has to attract different people. Right. So that's what we have to do in business as
1: well. Well said. Well said. So. Uh, as we transition to a close here, Brad, like what's, what's the future for you?
3: What's the future for me? Well, uh, future for me is to continue to just, I can't stop growing. You know, I got to keep growing everything like taking trade reps to another level is where I'm at right now. Um, I want to get torque into as many hands as possible to help their business as much as possible. And I just want to continue, continue to keep contributing out there.
1: And a, like the last question i got, which is always a tough one. What do you want to be remembered for?
3: Ooh, what do I want to be remembered for? I want to be, like I said, in the beginning here, I want to be the guy that I wish was there for me. Cause when I was down and feeling, <laughs> thank, you, thank you. When I was down and feeling like after that million dollar mark, I told you I hit that plateau of I hit the million dollars and there was nothing there for me and nothing changed. I was very lost and I thought I was going to creep back down this whole failure route again. And when I looked around like I'm very envious of the HVAC plumbing industry because if you and I wanted to start one of those businesses today, there are plenty of coaches, there are plenty like kind of businesses in a box to help get you up to where you need to be and it's I'm not going to say it's easy, but they have a lot more resources than like what our industry has and specifically even just my like the the rap industry like there's not a lot of people out there that have systems and processes down to grow and train installers and businesses that are actually business oriented right and so i had to go outside of that so i wanted to be the guy that i wish was there for me
1: Yeah, well said that was very nice nice sentiment cool been a great conversation i've, I've really enjoyed uh, like hearing you talk about your journey. Uh, if people are interested in Torque CRM, is it, what's the website? How can they reach out?
3: Um, the website is com. It's T-O-R-Q-C-R-M.com. You can definitely click on the link there and uh, schedule a demo. We'll do a live demo for you. Um, again, or if you just want to have a conversation, you know, I'm always down to have conversations with people because I'm always trying to grow and give back as well.
1: Excellent. Well, Brad, we uh, appreciate having you on, man. Uh, Really appreciate you taking the time out. it oh, well, Thank you, enjoyable. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Brad. Take care, Brad.
0: If you liked this episode, make sure you hit subscribe to get all the latest episodes. And check out our website, bettersignshop.com. Get free resources and helpful tools on growing your shop. Thanks for listening.